So the great thing about numbers is, of course, they don't lie. So there's no hiding the fact this economy of ours went backwards in the first quarter. Australia went up, we went backwards, minus 0.2%. Not many called it, which is yet another reminder that what the experts think they see and what is actually happening are often two different things. Finance Minister Grant Robertson with us. Morning. Morning, Mike. Disappointing? Oh, look, yeah, obviously not good, you know, and um, predictions have been for some positive growth, but we were talking about a quarter when the Omicron wave had really hit us. Some of our uh, exporting partners were starting to see their growth slow down. So certainly a sign of the very difficult 2022 that we're all facing. And acceptance that Adrian Orover cooked it badly? No, not necessarily. I mean, you know, these things in hindsight can always look um, look a bit different. Um, what I know about the March quarter was that, you know, in, in the old language, pre-COVID, it was the tourism quarter. We clearly didn't have tourists here. We had the red settings in place, you know, that did restrict activity. And as I say, you know, you look up to China, um, the port of Shanghai has been closed for about a third of the year. There are real issues for us in terms of our exports, and that's where this came from. You saw a 14% drop in exports in the March quarter. Um, that is definitely going to cause the result that we saw. Difficulty is while we went backwards, in the same quarter Australia went forwards, the UK went forwards, Canada went forwards. They all deal with the war, they all deal with the oil, they all deal with China. How come they're going forwards and we're going backwards? Really important to you know take a look over a few quarters here. This was the quarter for New Zealand where the Omicron wave hit us. Um, we also have some more exposures in different markets than some of those countries do. And I think it's better to look at things on an annual basis or at least a couple of quarters anyway before we make those kinds of judgments. The US had a pretty bad quarter as well, you would have seen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, different countries at different times. And most of the economists that, you know, after yesterday have said actually they still think we'll get growth in that June quarter. So there's a whole lot of volatility I don't and think we will. And that's tough for businesses. I get that. I don't think we'll get growth in the second quarter. I hope we do, but we won't. If we can't get growth in Q1, what's happened in Q2? A war, an oil shock, a market correction. What, where's the growth in that? Well, for us, it's the fact that, that we came back into orange and that actually we did see uh, a bit more movement. Some of the commodity prices moved a little bit as well. And look, you, know, Mike, you and I both predicting here, aren't we? The, the economists out of yesterday, the major bank ones, were still predicting that we would see some growth. But equally, this is a really uncertain and volatile time. The good news for New Zealand is that we do come into it with unemployment low, with debt low, with a 5% annual growth going into this. So, you know, this is a challenging time, but but we're as well positioned as anyone to deal with it. Do you believe any of the forecasts now? See, I look at the Australian cash rate peaking at 2.5. That's immeasurably better than our 3.9, even if it is 3.9. They've got a better story to tell than us, and we've got a brain drain on. That's part of the problem, isn't it? Uh, look, you know, in terms of, of migration, the forecast is still for net positive migration through to, you know, next year. Uh, but there are plenty of people here who, who want to get off on their OE who haven't had the chance to do that. But we've got our borders opening up fully in July and we've got a lot of interest in people coming to work here. So, you know, I, I, the, your first comment, though, about, you know, where are we at with forecasts? Mm. Absolutely, everybody has been challenged by this and, and most economists are pretty careful at the moment about what they say is going to happen over the rest and of see, the year. And see, here's my, my developing concern. Australia's got a better inflationary story than we have, and yet all of a sudden they've decided they're going to see inflation at 7%. We're still insisting ours has peaked at 6.9. If theirs is 7, ours cannot be 6.9. It's going to be higher, isn't it? 
Well, I'm not, yeah, no, no, I think most people are now saying second quarter will be the peak just a little above 6.9. Most of the economists are saying somewhere around the seven mark. So no, not quite at the peak, but most people are still saying second part of the year it will it will come off. I was in Australia this time last week, Mike, and while, you know, the numbers are, are a little better there at the moment, they've got their own share of problems. They had inflation um, going faster in the December quarter than we did, and they've got a major, major energy issue. So, you know, when I was talking to people over there, the the numbers might be slightly different, but the concerns are very similar around the world. I don't want to make it about me, but I forecast this. Q1, I said, would go backwards, and I seem to be one of the few who are right. I think we're in for a recession in Q1 and Q2. If I'm right, and then the so-called experts are right in the latter part of this year, maybe even going into next year with their recession, that's a double-dip recession. Would you rule that out? Oh, well, obviously, at the moment, no one's ruling anything in or anything out. Those aren't the forecasts that I'm being given. But the forecasts and, and are wrong. They're clearly wrong. You might, have had, you, might have had, you might have had a good quarter for your predictions. The forecasts across the board, not just Treasury, you know, Reserve Bank, but also the bank economists aren't predicting a double-dip recession. In fact, many of them aren't even predicting a recession per se. But everybody is making these predictions in the most uncertain and volatile environment. The best thing we can do is get on with the job of making sure we support New Zealanders through this situation, get alongside our exporters to address some of those supply chains issues and do what we can with a pretty good base going into this. When does the labour market turn, do you think, if it turns for the negative? Oh, it'll you know the predictions again is you know because we have all this backward-looking data, Mike. You know the the quarter data we'll get for for unemployment probably will see it go down again. But then second half of the year into next year, the Treasury's predictions as we come back up towards four percent, we are going to have obviously many more people come into New Zealand in the second half of this year. Uh, and so you know those things will even out, but the predictions are that unemployment will rise again uh, towards the end of the year. Are you worried about the dollar? The dollar's saving us on the. Ex- side, so that's encouraging, but you don't want a low dollar, and that's what we've got. Again, this is, you know, the balancing act, isn't it? Um, the monetary policy um, has to balance many, many things. Inflation, making sure that the economy, if it is cooling down, is, you know, doesn't fall in a, in a heavy way. The dollar gets affected by those decisions. Um, for now, it's in a stable place, but again, it's also, um, you know, very susceptible to those international trends. And you, you see the same news why as I do, Mike, what's happening in the US at the moment. It's a very, very challenging time in a, in a currency like ours that's well-traded can be affected by that. What about the local stuff, jib board? I mean, is that your problem at all? And does it does it say something about the fundamental problems our economy has? Oh, I don't know about that. It is certainly is a problem that, that we are facing both in terms of supply for, for the housing that we build, but also, you know, our, our desire to help fix it. So we have the construction sector accord. We've been talking regularly to suppliers. There is a lot more supply coming on board. The issue I've particularly got, though, is that is that we've got ourselves tied into JIB um, within resource consents. Many of our local government consenting authorities consent on the basis of a brand. That doesn't happen in many other parts of the world. Right. And so I think that's one thing Auckland Council, I noticed, have started switching some of their resource consents. That's good. Um, but yeah, you know, there's more manufacturing capacity. You know, Winston is building a new plant, but unfortunately when demand exceeded supply, we didn't have access to other substitute products, and that's what we've been working on and with what- the sector. And what about the wastage? I mean, this singularly doesn't solve the problem, but $45 million on consultants on light rail. We're here this morning. The, the light rail hasn't even started. $45 million on consultants. $337,000 to cut a ribbon to open Transmission Gully. That's money down a toilet. 
Yeah, and look, you know, I'm not necessarily going to defend each individual decision, but your first point is worth noting that these aren't the things that necessarily drive inflation, but we do have a job to do to make sure that we spend money wisely. When it comes to a big project like rail, you're going to need to do the planning, do the design, make sure that the business case is tight. That involves employing consultants, so that's simply the reality of a big project like that. When it comes to the opening uh, issue, yep, look, you know, Waka Kotahi have had some messages from Minister Wood about uh, some of their expenditures. And, and I'm sure he'll be looking into this one as well. Have a good weekend. Appreciate it. Grant Robertson, Finance Minister.